0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, today we are talking about engagement and marriage. Notice I didn't say engagement and weddings. We're talking about engagement and marriage.
1: My name is Thomas, by the way.
0: I'm Marcia. And let's dig right into it. So on the last podcast, we left off on basically the fact that we were in love, in love, we were in love (laughs) and (laughs) we were, uh, we had our sights set on marriage, but it was a bit of a complicated subject because the two of us were in China whereas neither of us were Chinese. So what were we to do? How were we to plan for marriage? We had to be thinking about it even before the engagement because it's such a time-consuming and complex uh, process. So I'll give it to you to talk about the engagement. And then, yeah.
1: Well, before that, what's our scripture for today?
0: Oh, yes. Wow. (laughs) Juicy scripture, this one. Today's scripture comes from Genesis, and I'm sure you all know it, chapter 2, verses 24 and 25. Reading from the New King James Version, not that it matters. (laughs) Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: (laughs) It'll make sense later. (laughs) Those of you who listened to last week's or last podcast would know what Details we're getting into this time around that make this scripture relevant to us. <laughs> <laughs> so engagement, love.
1: How did we get engaged? I had to go for my sister's wedding in March. My sister got married in in March. I think it was March 31st.
0: Yep, end of March. And that was, by the way, making us just about a year of being together.
1: Yeah. So it was Difficult getting home and all that, but that's not what we're here to talk about. I got home late for my sister's wedding. I was able to make it. And on my way home, I started thinking about getting engaged to my then girlfriend, Marcia. (laughs) So I got off the plane in Ghana and I started looking around to buy an engagement ring. And I come from a gold mining town, so I I really purpose to buy gold myself and have it, you know, turned into a ring in a very personal way as how I would want it. It's it's very easy to do this in my town where I come from, but I did not have the time to do that because I got home late. My flight was delayed and it took my awesome girlfriend's intervention to even sort everything out. She had to be making calls on my behalf and all that. And we ended up even spending a lot of money. But anyway, so I got home, my sister's wedding got done and then I had to come back to China and I could not even have the time to go out and shop for a wedding ring because I had to help my sister around. As soon as I got home, they handed me a car and they said, you're going to be doing this. You're going to be doing that. You're going to pick this from here, pick that from here. And I said, okay. I couldn't see any of my friends. I couldn't see anybody. I just went for my sister's wedding and came back. So on my way back, I came with an Emirates flight. So I stopped over at Dubai And in the Dubai, is it duty-free shops? Yeah, that's what they call them. I just walked past a jewelry shop and then I thought to myself, this is it. This is exactly where I'm going to get the ring. I had about seven to eight hours of layover time. So I went in there and I told the guy who was there exactly what I wanted. I was getting ready to... Be engaged and you know, I just told him all of my story and <laughs> we ended up becoming even friends and we talked more. And he thought it was interesting that I met my girlfriend in China and we were going to get married. And he was very excited for me. Honestly, I didn't have that much money. <laughs> so I also added that I look, I'm not looking for any, you know, high-end ring. I'm not looking for the most expensive ring here. And knowing who she is. She wouldn't even like some fancy ring. She's a very simple lady. And before I even thought of buying her ring, she had already told me, look, I don't want anything fancy and too expensive. Just get me something moderate and decent. So I ended up getting her this ring. (laughs) As you can see.
0: Listeners can't see it, but
1: people who are
0: watching video can.
1: So I got her that ring, this ring, and... I'm not going to say how much I paid for it, but <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I didn't go for the most, I mean, I didn't go for the cheapest, but I didn't also go for the most expensive. So within the range of simple rings that he showed me, I, I went for something decent that I could afford. So I got that and then got myself ready for the proposal. So I got to Beijing at night and she picked me up. We went to an Airbnb, and as soon as I dropped off my bags, she was already talking about eating, food, and all that. Now she's ready to just go right ahead and propose. So I went down on both knees and let it be known. I went down on both knees. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just made my proposal, and, and what happened?
0: <laughs> Obviously, I said, Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah so she said yes and we slept over i think we left a day or two afterwards i had to renew my passport at my embassy in beijing so we had to go to the ghana embassy in beijing we did that and then we we came back to Mm chanchun and from there what happened i really wanted to well come in here
0: as soon as, I mean, as soon as we got engaged, I can't remember all the details, but certainly even before we got engaged, we were thinking about marriage. So we were, and even when you were at the embassy, you were looking into possible or the the paperwork necessary for us to be able to get married here in China. Oh yeah.
1: That's something important I left out when I went to Ghana. Mm-hmm. So in in China, if you're going to get married, you need a actually a lot of things Mm. it's it's a long process no wonder they don't allow foreigners to get married here any longer because it's even work for the chinese officials here and they don't even understand some of the things so i had to take a certificate of all sort of things that something to show that i'm not married that And and even if I had been married before, (laughs) yeah, I I should prove that I was married and I got divorced, I have kids, I don't have kids, I have no criminal records and all of that. And then I'll take that to my embassy here in China and then they would verify all of that and issue me another paper for me to take to the Chinese office for them to validate that before they could allow us to get married. And she had to also do the same. Yeah, we went through that. So... Before I even proposed to her, marriage was definitely on our minds. And we we had both agreed on that. We were on the same page about getting married. You know, we just didn't know when to get engaged. And I'm sure she had a clue.
0: (laughs) And definitely had a clue. I mean, not necessarily that it would be that exact day. But I mean, I had a clue that because, and I appreciate the level of transparency that you're putting into this story, because I think it's very important for somebody who's listening to this, somebody who's thinking about getting married and maybe their finances are not what they would love it to be. Maybe they can't get their significant other, the most beautiful ring, or things can't go as is typical according to societal norms. So very important. Societal norms don't matter. (laughs)
1: At least not to us.
0: If you want to participate in them, it's also not wrong. But you don't have to. And you don't need to feel obligated to. And you don't need to strain yourself to do things you can't even really do in order to meet societal norms. So, and here's the thing. We didn't, engagement is fine or whatever. But it doesn't have to look like I put like... The man goes down on one knee and proposes to his wife. And then there's this period where they're preparing for a wedding and then you have a wedding and blah, blah, blah. Engagement means we're on our way to marriage. Yeah. We've both agreed that we're going to get married. Yeah. So he insisted on getting me a ring. But I, from the beginning, was even kind of like, it's not.
1: We can do without it.
0: It's okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, rings for the for our I mean, marriage so yeah. are good because we want people to know that we're married. But as far as engagement, I mean, how most women have two rings, two separate rings. I don't need it. And even now, my that. engagement yeah. ring serves as my wedding ring. And I love it. And it's perfect for me. I'm a simple girl anyway. I don't even wear jewelry. Yeah. So um, I say that to say... <laughs> I was appreciative, obviously. And I I was so grateful. So in that sense, it was kind of a surprise because I didn't know I knew he wanted to do something for me, no matter what I said. It's just a gesture. And I do think the gesture is important and even biblical just, you know, to present something. So um, lost my train of thought.
1: So you didn't need, need a ring. However, we, we went through that. So that right. should not so, stop someone who is thinking of getting married.
0: Right. So we so we got engaged. But we were only engaged for one month. We didn't know how long we'd be engaged. We were just looking to the next thing, marriage. So again, we were compiling all the paperwork, seeing if we could get married. So I don't want to skip into the marriage because there are a lot of details in between. But I'll skip mm-hmm. into the marriage just for a second. And then we'll get back into the details later so after one month's time we had enough of we had enough documentation like all the things we needed that we felt like okay let's give it a shot let's go to the civil affairs office and get married mm-hmm. and uh we didn't know if it would work but we brought along a christian chinese friend with us he took us there and His we just Yes, his name is Peter. Shout out to Peter. At least that's his English name. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we presented our paperwork to the people. And it was surprisingly very easy. Even though, like Thomas said, uh, this episode and last episode, it's no longer allowed that two foreigners would get married in China. But at that time, we brought all our paperwork and it worked out. And just like that, we were married a month later. And once Once
1: you have everything that you need to go to the civil affairs, they don't have any problem. They're just going to take you through fast. At least that's
0: how it was in our day. Yeah, (laughs) The
1: difficulties in getting all the things that you would need before you go there.
0: So going backward to the engagement, as you can imagine, the way that we did things was absolutely unconventional and didn't rub everybody the right way. Sure. And um, much as I'm encouraging you that if it doesn't, if, if the societal norm doesn't suit you, you're not obligated to comply to it. But I have to also warn that definitely people will look at you sideways, will look yeah, at you funny you
1: to and make comments. To face. Yeah.
0: Yes. But it was an important time for us because we relied on the Lord and the Lord directed our steps and we got closer to each other. And that is important because marriage creates a new union, Mm -hmm. whereas your community was your immediate family, your mother, father, sisters, brothers, and your friends. Now you have a new family when you get married. It's you and your husband and your children. And those people still matter, but they're not in the primary or immediate place that they once were. So. Um, I'm not sure how much detail is worth getting into about that, but I'll, i I want to leave it to you to add anything before I,
1: yeah, I just like the point that you made about valuing the most important things when you think about getting married and not, you know, sort of being entangled in the societal expectations and things you have to do such that you even miss the most important thing that or the most important things that you have to do. I'm a student, I'm still a student here in China. And for me and for us, pleasing God came before everything else. It wasn't about the ring, neither was it about somebody else being happy about how we did it and how nice it was and how the timing and everything. And, you know, all this Instagram life and all that, it's nice if we can do that. It's perfect. It's good, but we weren't in a position to do that. We were far from our homes. We were in China. We didn't have the luxury for that. So for us, the primary goal was to please God. We wanted to get married. We were keen on getting married and moving on with our lives and serving God in the right way and not having to deal with all the things and pressures that we were going through. So You just have to set your priorities. What's most important to you? What do you want to do? If you care about marriage as an event, then perhaps you're going to be stuck. You 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 won't be able to move forward. But we were thinking about marriage as a broader thing, like we explained uh, in the previous episode, that we are called to an even greater marriage. And it's out of that that we have this marriage that we have. So the primary goal is to, Please God. And that was our top priority. So that made it very easy for us to take out certain things, whether or not I could afford this ring. And she didn't even care anyway. But I was just, I just wanted to give her that because I felt like she deserved even much more than that. So if if you're in a situation where you're thinking about getting married, you, you love your girl, you love your man, you can get together and talk and then come up with something. Just set your priorities ahead of you and get that done.
0: Now, to add a few things to what Thomas is saying, I will say that I'm a very simple person. I was very understanding of his whole situation and I saw the value that he had as a person and in my life personally. So... Ladies, I would advise and people really don't look with carnal eyes when it comes to choosing a spouse for marriage. Look with spiritual discernment. Okay. And don't bypass a really great person because of some simple, I'm not telling you what to do. You make your own choices and make sure you know what's important to you. But I knew that he was gonna be an excellent husband, an excellent father, an excellent spouse, everything, an excellent human being, and an excellent addition to my life. And here we are a year and a half later, married, and I have zero regrets about my decision. So I really do think it's important to seek the Lord and not look at outward things. Yeah. That's number one. Number two. To go back to challenges and societal norms and whatever. There are also norms within our Christianity. We're Christians, within the church, et cetera. And those were things that we had to navigate as well. Yeah. When we got engaged, we were in a little bit of a tense place in our with our church leadership. We were actually part of the church leadership at our church. And it was it was a tense thing to navigate because uh we weren't quite understood by those around us mm-hmm. and um through misunderstandings we didn't do any sort of premarital counseling with our church which i would recommend for you to do but
1: yeah it's, we didn't, I mean, it's important
0: we didn't have it but thank god yeah. he gave us resources he gave us books and we did get counsel by other means but we didn't have like some official premarital counseling with our church Um, for marriage or for a wedding, our church would have liked for us to have a wedding, but we chose not to have a wedding. If you have a wedding, who would you like to be there? I'm sure the first people that come to your mind, if you come from a loving family, if you come from a loving home like we do, would be your family. So our families couldn't come (laughs) to China to attend a wedding, nor could Thomas go to America so that we could have a wedding there nor yeah. could we do it in Ghana nothing could really work so we had to make a decision and our decision was that we're going to keep trying to get Thomas home to the states so that we can have a wedding there cuz most of our families are there meanwhile we're still going to get married now <laughs> we'll think about the wedding later if it's possible turned out Fast forward just for you to know, we we weren't he wasn't able to go home that summer. So thank mm-hmm. God we didn't bank on that. It took an entire year later and applying for a spousal visa for us to be able to go home together, meet our families, et cetera, celebrate. So um, yes, those were challenges that we faced in our engagement process, yeah. marriage, decision making, all that kind of thing, or all those kinds of things but um, the Lord was with us through it all. And we really, like I said, I don't, well, I was talking about him personally. I don't have regrets about Thomas, but I don't have regrets about anything we did in our marriage, how we handled it. I think it was just perfect for us, for our circumstances. We were in a complicated situation and we handled it in the best way we could. And I love everything that we did. We saved a ton of money. Most couples I talked to, they, who got, who had a typical wedding, which I love weddings. They're beautiful. My brother had gotten married that summer, by the way, too, which was awesome. Uh, shout out to my brother and his wife, Caitlin. Um,
1: Your brother, Andrew.
0: Yes, my brother, Andrew.
1: And Caitlin. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, but um most couples who we've talked to have said, if there's anything that, I regret is that like, I wish I maybe had spent less on my wedding or had a bit of a more intimate, smaller wedding or saved money or whatever. Some people go into debt for their weddings. Some people have a wedding which they didn't even enjoy. That's real. Yeah. And for us, we didn't go through any of that. We had a very smooth transition into into marriage because our finances were not compromised. We didn't have it to begin with. And all that stuff. Yeah. We we avoided a lot of hassle. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It would have been more daunting on us.
0: Thankfully I wasn't that kind of girl. Some girls dream of their wedding from childhood, but not I. So (laughs) I didn't care about it. (laughs) Blessed. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So um how did we handle our marriage and why, to answer the big question from last podcast, didn't we have sex until later on in our marriage?
1: <laughs> you even went home, right? You went home. I even went, went home. Went in, yep. <laughs> and then you came back. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. All right. Let's give the, the scoop. So... We were trying our best to make decisions which honored God. So we had to decide for ourselves, well, we're not having a wedding. And all all our lives, you know, we kind of think like marriage is you, you, like I said, have a proposal, get down on one knee, propose, and then you plan for a wedding, have this big wedding, and then you're married and whatever. So when everything fails, <laughs> like doesn't seem to be happening in that in typical that way. yeah. So it really makes you have to consider what does marriage mean to you? And for us, we found our answers in scripture, primarily the scripture, which we read at the beginning of this podcast.
1: Genesis 2, 24.
0: Yes. So, but it took time for us to get to a point of comfortability. So yes, we had gotten married legally in China in May of 2018. But we didn't know, did that really mean marriage to us? Yes, our parents approved, and that's that was amazing. By the way, speaking of challenges, the challenges were more so with other people. We have great families, they were so supportive. They may not have understood all the details of our lives and our decisions and everything, but they were so supportive of us and we're so grateful to our families. But we wanted to celebrate with them. We did wanna try to have a small wedding if we could have gone home the summer after we had gotten married, but none of it was working. So at some point we had to take a hard look at our lives and what we believe about marriage and decide what it meant to us. In the end, we came to decide and you can add, if I'm missing anything, the scripture says, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. To me, Marriage is leaving your father and your mother, clinging to your spouse, consummating your relationship and becoming one, one flesh, one being before God the Father. That is marriage. Marriage is not a wedding. Marriage is not a ring. Marriage is not vows. Marriage is is not a paper paper, even though I do think the paper is important, it the legal is. documentation, yeah, all of it is actually important and good, but none of it is really marriage. None of that is even really, <laughs> you know, advised necessarily in the Bible. You could say it's passively advised because there are weddings in the Bible. There are gestures of gifts in the Bible for, for marriage and whatever, all that is there, but it's, it's none of it is given as a commandment or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, I don't know if you want to add to that, but...
1: I, you know, marriage is in every way and, and in every sense like the Christian life that each individual has with Christ. Your marriage or relationship with Christ is not dependent on your baptism. It's not dependent on when you went for that altar call. It's not dependent on going for communion, like participating in any sacrament or religious activity. It's not dependent on going to church, but are they important? They are. They are vital. They are important. You can take them out. However, it's deeper than that. And if you don't understand that, you would miss the point. It's not just about joining the gathering of the saints, going to church, That makes one a Christian. So if I'm married to Christ, if I have a relationship with Christ, and the Bible says whoever, whoever is joined together with the Lord is one spirit with him. If I become one with God by his spirit, it is not dependent on the day when I got baptized. It is not dependent on me going for Holy Communion so that when I don't go for Holy Communion or when I'm not able to be baptized or Any of the the religious activities and the sacraments really that were instituted by Jesus himself for that matter do not negate my relationship with Christ. It is deeper than that. You can't take one thing and make it all about my relationship with Christ. It's, It's much more deeper than that. And that's exactly how marriage is. Getting married, having a wedding is important. It is nice if you can do it. But it's not a thing that makes the marriage. Mm. Being able to take pictures, to record videos, it's nice. You can look back one day when you're old and show it to your family. It's just nice. Being able to have food around and at a table and let family and friends come to join you, celebrate your union, it's, it's excellent. But if you're not in a position to do that, let it not take the... A sense of marriage outside of it, so that you look at that and you say that I won't be able to do this, I won't be able to buy a wedding gown, I won't be able to do no 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 no. The the wedding gown is nice, the, the suit is excellent, the best man, everything is nice, really nice. But I'll tell you, there is a better suit that is cleaner than the suit that you wear on your wedding day, a better wedding dress or gown that is far better than the one you wear on your wedding day. And that's really what Christ wants for us. And we have to get past the, you know, the, the, the social aspect of marriage, the cultural aspect of marriage, the psychological aspect of marriage, the financial aspect of marriage to really get down to the essence of marriage. Then you go like, oh, okay, but I can do this. But if I can do the other ones, it's also nice, but I want to do this first. I want to honor God first. I want to be united with this lovely lady here, and together, we want to submit ourselves before God. So the union is actually not me and my wife. There is... An, 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 what's, what's the word? There is an invisible personality that actually binds the two of us. It's me, my wife and God himself. He is the one who instituted it and that is very important. It shouldn't be taken at the surface level, it's deeper. You, you both have to come to terms with that and agree that we are doing this with another personality that nobody sees and we have a choice to place that personality who is going to keep us, who is actually the seal of the bond that we have. But our eyes do not see him, that's fine. All we can choose to place other personalities that are visible that you know you can all see and seek to place
0: what you're saying also kind of uh what you're saying also kind of reminds me of when jesus healed on the sabbath <laughs> and so that's another thing you're talking about things we have to get past to get to the essence it's also like sometimes we do things because inherently we feel like they're good even though we don't exactly the bottom of the thing, the reason why we do that thing. So we just kind yeah. of follow it blindly and we feel uncomfortable when we can't do it, but we don't look at circumstances, which does matter. Certain things affect how we follow, in that case, how Jesus followed that law or how we follow those things, which we have this feeling, yes, they're right or good to do, Yeah, but it's not always that it is fitting for you to do that thing
1: mm-hmm.
0: in our circumstance. It wasn't fitting for us to have the wedding in that manner. So I think that matters. You should look at your circumstance. If you can do it, of course it's good, but if it doesn't make sense for your circumstance, yeah, then like Thomas said, what is the essence of the thing that you're trying to accomplish? Yeah. Um, Going back to you know, waiting to consummate the marriage, after we got married legally, I don't know, it felt super right, but it just didn't quite feel complete enough to me. And I didn't wanna rush it. And Thomas was uh, in agreement with me. He was on board with me, thankfully. He also didn't mind not rushing or something, just waiting for us to figure this thing out together. And I think it was a worthwhile lesson to learn with God what is the most important thing about marriage, or you know something like that so yeah, I went home and thankfully, you know, before we got married, he actually did meet two of my siblings, which was nice, and I met his brother in law at least I met somebody in your family <laughs> even though but funny
1: enough, my sister also got married, and I didn't even have the chance to meet my brother in law mm-hmm. so I was experiencing the same amount of grace that I was giving to my brother-in-law or my sister. My sister met her husband, they got married. I had never met him until after, until I went for their wedding, so I, I met my brother-in-law at their wedding.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> So I went home and then and then we had discussed, basically, since we, especially since we were both virgins, it was very important to me. Again, the honeymoon is not an important thing either, like, or it's not a very, very necessary thing either, but I think it has its place. And for me, it was important for me, for us to have a honeymoon, for us to go somewhere where that is comfortable for us, where we can have intimate time and space, privacy, you know, to consummate our marriage, to deflower one another
1: <laughs> yeah it, it's important because you know we had reached we had passed from being girlfriend and boyfriend to becoming husband and wife and it's it, it was important for us to do that
0: it was you know, very important to me it was more important than the wedding the wedding would have been important had, my family, had our families been able to have been there, but knowing they couldn't be there, it didn't, it no longer became a priority to me because yeah. I knew it wasn't the necessary thing to make us married. So the honeymoon wasn't necessary to make us married either. The consummation was, but I wanted to do it in a special environment and circumstance. Yeah. So we did have a honeymoon when I came back in <laughs> Beijing. <laughs> And that is when, and that was, so we got married legally in May. So June, July, August, around about three months later or so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. About four.
0: Or four. I don't remember exactly what day. So to answer your question from last week, that is how it all happened. And that is why we waited and everything was wonderful. And um, here we are today. Yeah. Yeah. So we're coming to the end of our time. I'm not sure if there's anything else we should add.
1: So looking back now, what have we learned?
0: Right. What have we learned? I've learned that as we, as we said, and what I want to repeat as a takeaway is that some things are good, but not Necessary or circumstantial. Maybe they're circumstantial. And we don't need to feel obliged to obey societal norms or even necessarily Christian norms. We should obey God. We should follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. That is my takeaway for today.
1: Hmm. Well, my takeaway is the whole purpose of marriage. I, it's, it's different to learn or know about something. And it's another thing to be tested. I had learned about marriage and the essence of marriage. I had taught it to other people and told them, this is what marriage really means. And now I was faced with a chance. I mean, I was faced with the opportunity to really live out all the things that I believed in about marriage. So <laughs> within me, there was a huge conflict. And I had to stand by the truth or just bow down to whatever was surrounding me. Claims here, claims there. You should do it this way. You should do it that way. So I learned that God is faithful. And if you choose to stick to him, if you choose to stick with him, He is going to be faithful. And what I had learned about marriage was that it is about God it is about God it is not about me it is about what he wants to make me it is about God breaking me and making me dead to my body through marriage here I am with this one lady that I have to live to love every day of my life wake up every day of my life and submit myself to the leading of God for my body to be dead so that I can please her. So it was deeper than all the things that we're going through and I really learned that God is faithful. And I I can testify that after a year and a half of being, almost a year and a half of being married, I am better with God than I was before I got married. And that's something I believe every Christian husband or wife should be able to say. If you make your marriage really about God and you focus on the right things, you you should be able to look back to say that, oh, I really understand why God was telling me this is about me. I want to make you better. And now I can look back to say, I'm spiritually matured, much more than I was before I got married. And so looking forward, that only tells me that if I keep God first place, he's going to take me places. It's, it's, it's like that. And I want to wake up every day and talk to him and say that, what, what, what do you want me to do with this marriage that you've given me? How, how do you want me to love my wife? How should I increase, abound in my love for my wife? How, what's, what's the wisdom to that? And the truth is that all other things will come to play. Finances sex, whatever, whatever the problem is. Even when there is a challenge, you have the wisdom to deal with it and you have the confidence and assurance in God that he has begun something in you and he's taking you somewhere. And it's like, you know, he's the captain of this vessel. Mm -hmm. There are going to be storms, yes, but trust him, he knows how to navigate it. But when you begin with a seed, that is when you're getting married. And you begin with other things. You put other things as being the most important. And you get into the marriage. And these other things begin to, you know, challenge you and it's like it's failing. You lose hope. You don't even realize that he's on your side. So I have learned to always keep God. Like David said, I've kept the Lord at my right hand. And because he's at my right hand, ha, it is well. And I have no doubt. I have no fear. I don't know what we're going to face in our life, what we're going to go through. But I am assured of one thing, that somebody else is part of this marriage and he's not letting us down. And that's what I've learned. And I'll tell every young person that if you make your marriage about God and you take it that serious, there is no way you're not going to grow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Great. Well, we've reached the end. Yeah. Thank you to whoever was listening. We pray that you are blessed that we gave you something to think about. And until the next time.
1: We love you.